Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is World Stage with Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. World Stage indeed. Exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into current events, dangerous trends, history, and the nature of reality. Before I introduce my guest, I want to talk for a minute about a big essay that everyone should read, especially if you have not personally read something yourself about Klaus Schwab and his reset. This is an article on winteroak.org.uk from way back in October 2020. Klaus Schwab and his great fascist reset. All I'm going to say about this is that it needs to be seen to be believed. And there are many things posted in the many years since this came out. It's not only hilarious, it's dangerous what is in stored for us. So again, at winteroak.org.uk, from October 2020, find and get your eyes on Klaus Schwab and his great fascist reset to know what kind of a thrilling adventure and bad James Bond movie we do indeed exist in. With me this hour is Bobby Ann Cox, a New York civil rights attorney practicing law for 25 years with extensive experience suing government entities on behalf of her clients. She is best known for her historic victory against New York Governor Kathy Hochul and the New York State Department of Health, striking down their unconstitutional isolation and quarantine procedures regulation. Horribly, Governor Hochul and Attorney General Letitia James appealed that decision. So Attorney Cox is taking the case to the highest court in New York the Court of Appeals, where she will fight to uphold her victory over unconstitutional forced quarantines and to preserve the separation of powers doctrine that is a pillar of our American society and a number of other important things to be discussed. Thank you very much for joining me today, Bobby. And how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And as well, thank you for the very, very hard, the very, very important, the very, very courageous, and the very, very valuable work you've been doing now for years to bring to attention the unbelievably important and urgent fight against the usurpation and evisceration of our constitution. I suppose it would be best for, for me to ask you to describe, and especially for viewers who don't know anything about you, don't know anything about the case, this particular victory that you had won that is now being challenged against the isolation and quarantine procedures regulation in New York State. Yes, sure, of course. So um, as you mentioned, I've been practicing law for 25 years, and uh, this regulation 
called Isolation and Quarantine Procedures uh, is probably the most horrendous thing I've I've read in my 25 years of practicing law. Um, for anyone not familiar, the regulation allowed the Department of Health here in New York State to pick and choose which New Yorkers they could lock up or lock down. They didn't have to prove you were sick. They didn't have to prove you were exposed to a communicable disease. Uh, it didn't have to be a state of emergency. Uh, they could just lock you up or lock you down at whim. Um, they could have locked you down in your home, but they also could have ordered you removed from your home uh, by the force of police and put into a detention center, a facility, a camp, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they got to tell you how long you would stay locked up or locked down. There were no time restrictions. It could have been days, but it could have been weeks. It could have been months. I mean, there was just no restriction in that regulation. Um, there was also no age restriction. So they could have done this to you or they could have done it to your child or your grandchild. Um, and there was no process by which you could regain your freedom once they locked you up or locked you down. Uh, and what I mean by that is when we were in front of the trial court judge two years ago arguing this case, um, the judge asked the attorney general's office point blank, you know, let's say you take a family, let's say you put them into a facility somewhere, a hospital, let's say, once they're in there, how do they get out? And there was a very pregnant pause. And then finally, the uh, attorney general's office said, well, you know, we guess they could hire a lawyer and they could sue us. So uh, no due process protections at all in this regulation. Um, and yet the governor and her Department of Health uh, issued this regulation and it was absolutely horrendous. So I, I brought a lawsuit um, on behalf of a group of New York state legislators Senator George Borrello, Assemblyman Chris Taig, Congressman Mike Lawler, together with a citizens group called Uniting New York State. And uh, we sued and we won. We got this regulation struck down as unconstitutional, a breach of separation of powers. The governor, her agencies, they, they don't have that power to make a rule like that. Um, but shamefully, the governor appealed the case uh, and so now we are on appeal. Uh, the appellate division ended up dismissing the case for lack of standing, supposedly. Um, so now we are in the process of appealing to the state's highest court. So this is um, two years, two years running that we're fighting this lawsuit now. And does the governor still have the ability to exercise this power against people? No. No, I got the regulation struck down in July of 2022, and uh, it was an emergency regulation that was set to expire, um, and the judge's order prohibited the governor and her Department of Health from reissuing the order, um, prohibited them from actually enforcing the order, uh, and it struck the order down as unconstitutional. So it no longer exists. Um, mm. And even though the appellate court has um, reversed and, and dismissed the case, the regulation no longer exists. So the governor would actually have to go through the steps of mm. reissuing that regulation all over again if mm. they wanted, if she and the Department of Health wanted to get it back. 
And when did the order get originally instituted? So this first started under um, our prior governor, which was Andrew Cuomo in March of 2020. Um, he, with his Department of Health, created the regulation and started issuing it uh, on an emergency basis. And then when he stepped down as the governor uh, in August of 2021, and uh, Kathy Hochul, unfortunately, became our governor, um, that at that point, she then, with her Department of Health, started reissuing the same exact word-for-word unconstitutional regulation. Um, so it, it actually started in March of 2020, but um, I was mm. not aware of it until uh, the the end of 2021, basically. And we filed our lawsuit in the beginning of 2022. When you became aware of it, did you also become aware of some percentage of attorneys or watchdog groups that could have howled about the encroachment on due process that it represented? Yeah, there was absolutely no media on this regulation. So um, any any sort of organizations uh, other than Uniting New York State, of course, they are one of the plaintiffs, so they were uh, raising the alarm about this. But your traditional civil rights organizations uh, you know, said nothing about this. They they still have said nothing about this. Um, the New Civil Liberties Alliance, which is based uh, in Washington, D.C., they actually did file an amicus brief uh, last year in support of my case um, when we were in front of the appellate court. Uh, other than them, you know, all the traditional civil rights organizations or civil rights attorneys uh, that you would perhaps see on television or read about in the newspaper, you know, none of them got involved. None of them said anything about this case um, at any point in the past two years. So it's pretty astonishing. And I think I think that tells the public uh, a lot about what is going on as far as, you know, you you are led to believe that certain institutes um, or certain institutions are uh, backing your freedoms and defending your rights, uh, but in reality, they may not be. Correct, and I my impression is there was also the similar silence, ignorance, abdication of duty on whatever bodies or organizations that comprise attorneys or law professors or law schools. Is that a fair conclusion? They also were silent or dormant when you would think that they would be out in the streets. Yeah, there was really no, there still is uh, really no pushback on this uh, regulation and the fact that the governor appealed and the fact that the appellate court has overturned. Uh, the people, the New Yorkers who know about it are outraged. Uh, you know, when we had oral arguments in this past September uh, at the appellate court division, 400 New Yorkers showed up to the courthouse to listen to me argue the case. Um, so the people who know about it are very upset and disturbed and mm -hmm. uh, angry that their rights are being trampled upon. But uh, most New Yorkers don't know about it. And that's because the mainstream media will not cover it. And um, it's it's really a problem. I mean, I am I am severely censored 
uh, even even on Twitter, you know, which people think is now a free open platform. Um, I'm severely censored uh, on any of the social media platforms. So it's it's very disappointing um, and really spreading the word by uh, interviews and speaking engagements, which I do a lot of in-person speaking engagements. So um, that's really uh, how we're getting the word out because mainstream media has barely touched this. I mean, may, maybe one Fox News story, may, maybe two. Um, Newsmax covered it once or twice. Um, and that's about it. I mean, OAN has covered it. Real America's Voice has covered it, but not the mainstream media. They, they will not. Uh, if anything, they want to do the opposite and sweep this right under the rug. And I've seen you write and post and and think incisively about problems that are affecting us as a nation do you have the impression that this same uh legal malfeasance is is similarly ignored in many states if not across the whole country yeah there is a lot of um overreach people like to call it uh regulation nation some people call it uh, there is a ton of that going on. I, I do write a Substack once a week, um, which people can find if they go to substack.com and just type in my name, Bobby Ann Cox, uh, you'll, you'll find my page. And um, I write once a week. If you sign up for the Substack emails, you'll get my article sent to your email automatically. Um, and I do write on topics that are uh, of nationwide importance, not just New York topics. Um, we see the breakdown of the separation of powers doctrine at the state level. We see it not just in New York. We see it in other states as well. We see it at the federal government, 100%. Um, we see this idea uh, by the party in charge uh, which here in New York is the Democrat Party. They have a supermajority uh, in our state House and in our state Senate. Um, so there is not one Republican vote that is needed for anything in New York State. Uh, the Democrats control both our houses in the legislature. They control our governor's uh, seat and they control our attorney general's seat. So it is one party rule on steroids and this is what we are seeing, an absolute abolition of your rights. Uh, you know, this quarantine lawsuit is just one example. I have another lawsuit that's going against New York State right now for another breach of our Constitution. Um, I have number a number of bills that I'm following in the New York State Legislature right now because they're very unconstitutional. Um, and if they pass and become law, uh, you know, it, it's it, you can't just keep bringing lawsuits. You know, lawsuits are a great tool and they are helpful, but you cannot just have this running wild, um, no restraint at all by these politicians doing whatever they want, however they want, um, at, at the cost of the people and the people's rights are being sacrificed because these politicians will not follow the constitution, which is what they are supposed to do. Um, and, you know, lawsuits take time. Lawsuits take a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of resources, and lawsuits take attorneys that are willing to 
take on the case, go against the grain. Um, and, you know, these, a couple of these lawsuits, the quarantine lawsuit, uh, this other ERA lawsuit I'm working on, I'm doing those pro bono. So, you know, it's, it's not a sustainable system. You know, this, this is not how it, it, it should be or can be because it's not sustainable. We need to change the politicians. We need to change the people who are making the rules. That, that is the bottom line here. And I encourage everybody to find your Substack and enjoy, dig in, and feast the things that you are posting of vital importance, as you say, not just for New York, but for the whole country because of the constitutional issues and, and issues that, you know, that, that are at stake about it. I simply want to read a little announcement before we go to a, a little break. At TNT Radio... We never go home. We are committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 online globally, no matter what. We've got you covered. And now, here is important information from today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Timothy Shea. The race is essentially now Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints us will be pulling his hat from the ring next and the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. With me is attorney Bobby Ann Cox talking about congressional uh, congressional constitutional failures on behalf of many in positions of power in New York State. Attorney Cox, what would you augment or flesh out about the case of the the quarantine uh, provision regulation that you successfully got? uh remanded is that the right word what would you what would you further tell me about yeah that? I, I think people should really understand uh, that this regulation gave unfettered total control to unelected bureaucrats in the department of health to lock you up or lock you down for any reason they didn't have to prove you were sick so and furthermore not only was there no due process protections built into that regulation, which is a requirement as per our constitution, um, you also saw the fact that that regulation conflicts or conflicted with our existing quarantine law. We have a law in New York State. We've had it since 1953. 
It's 70 years old and it's full of due process protections. Our quarantine law, which was created and passed by our legislature in 1953, the very first thing it says is that in order to even consider locking somebody up because they are a public health threat, the first step is that they have to actually have the communicable disease that you think that they, they are a public health threat. The first step is that they have to actually have the communicable disease that you think that they have. Um, you know, I mean, that's a very logical first step, isn't it? You can't just mm -hmm. lock people up because you think maybe they're a public health threat. It's it's horrendous. So, you know, there are a lot of due process protections built into the to the law that we've had on the books for 70 years. And an agency, in this case, the Department of Health, can't just come along and make a regulation or, or write a rule that overrides or conflicts with a law. You can't do that. Because if you think about it, if you allow unelected bureaucrats in an agency somewhere to make a rule that conflicts with our laws, well, then what's the point in having a legislature to begin with? What's the point in having elections to go elect your state senators and your state assembly members? There's no point in electing people to make our laws in the legislature if you're going to give this power, this phenomenal power to the other branch of government, which is the executive branch, because all the agencies sit under the governor, which is the executive branch. If you're going to give them the power to say, oh, you know what? We don't like that law. We think the legislature was wrong. They shouldn't have done that and then change it. No, that's tyranny. You cannot do that. With That's the whole reason we have elections, so that we can pick the people that we want to go to whatever whatever it is, either your state legislature or, you know, federal legislature, which is Congress. You're supposed to be able to pick those people every couple of years. You go to the polls, you can vote, and you pick who you want to make the laws that you have to live under. You're not allowed to have some agency somewhere filled with bureaucrats and people that are just government employees rewrite the laws. Absolutely not. Complete violation of our constitution. Separation of powers means three branches of government. Judicial is where the courts are. Executive is where the governor is or the president at the federal level. And then the legislature, which is the senators and the assembly members who make the laws. One of those branches cannot reach into the other branch, take a power from them, and bring it over into their branch. That is the, As, the pure definition of tyranny. Absolutely. Where, where and when in your career, especially with your, with your experience suing government entities on behalf of your clients, did you see to this extent, if prior to this, such an absolute ignorance and or intentional subversion of our constitutional rights. When did you become yeah. aware of, oh, this is not only possible or happening here in New York State, but in many places elsewhere, when and where? Yeah, this all really became very obvious, at, at least to me, uh, when COVID started in March of 2020. You know, then all of a sudden, the government, whether again, whether it was the New York state government or other state governments in other states around the country and the federal government, they all started doing things that they had no right to do. 
And they started taking these powers that they didn't have the authority to take. And they just claimed emergency. Oh, it's an emergency. We need to do this. We need to lock you down. We need to force you to make a mask, uh, to wear a mask. We need to uh, shut down all the schools. We need you mm -hmm. to shut your business. Oh, you have to take this COVID shot if you want to work or you want to you know, go travel or whatever. They started doing things that they had no business doing. Now, in, it, when there is an emergency and a state of emergency is declared, are there extra powers or new powers that come about because of that? Well, new powers are not created. It just allows certain members of the government to do things that your laws can change somewhat in a state of emergency, but it doesn't mean you can become a dictator. It doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want, and force people to do and say what you want them to do and say. So there are restrictions. The Constitution is not suspended in times of emergency. The Constitution is not expanded. The powers don't expand for government in time of emergency. And people didn't, that's what happened. And people didn't realize it was happening because there was such fear that was permeating in our society that people just mm -hmm. kind of said, okay, all right, yep, don't worry about it. Take my rights, take my freedoms. Just keep us all safe, you know. And there was a there was a full spectrum, three hundred and sixty degree fire hosing of the fear message and the urgency to stay home, shut your business, put on a mask, stay six feet away, don't visit your old and sick relatives in nursing homes and in hospitals. All the mind blowing stuff that you know, especially younger generations, had never encountered before. Are you? What do you say to folks like me who see the authoritarian, totalitarian imposition of horrible things in the name of emergencies in the wake of 9-11, the war on terrorism, the USA Patriot Act, and the Department of Homeland Security? I see it uh, very clearly the same horrible uh, violations of our rights in the name of emergencies under that context. Do you see a yeah. similar? Hmm? Yeah, it, it's it's always the same. It's always the same. Whether it's they're talking about your health as the safety issue, or they're talking about your security as the safety issue, or they're talking about the nation security as 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 the issue, they will point to something to cause fear in the people, and then they will say, "Well, don't worry, we're going to solve the problem here." You know, it's just mm. like how they create a problem on purpose uh, or pretend to create a problem. And then mm. they say, but don't worry, all these ex existential threats to your freedoms and to your health and to your public safety, don't worry, we're going to take care of it. Just give us a little bit of your power. Just give mm. us some of your rights and everything will be okay. Yeah, it's it's extremely dangerous People, the problem in my mind is that people don't really understand what their rights are. They don't understand that the power lies with the people and the way our constitution was written yeah. by our founding fathers. It says the power lies with the people. The government is the one that needs to be restrained. The constitution was not written to keep the people in check. The constitution was written to keep the politicians in check. So and it's, people have it's, to mm -hmm. people have to understand yeah. that that notion. Yes, and how to deal with the fact that governors, presidents, congressmen, state legislators, 
and judges maybe, but first, those who seem are implementing these quote unquote or trying to implement unconstitutional things as if they don't know the constitution, as if they don't know the ideals of, of America, as if they don't know our history, that's frightening. And then that so many go along with it, betraying, revealing also their either ignorance of what our rights are supposed to be or extreme sense of powerlessness and or cowardice. Those are such obvious and huge problems that one would be justified in just going into the woods, finding a cave, and just eating squirrels and saying, it's irredeemably lost. And yet you fight on, work on, as you said, pro bono. People can support your work after appreciating it, after discovering it and falling in love with it at coxlawyers.com, right? That's the site? Yes. And yes. I live I live on Staten Island, so I really resonate with your your work and you've been I've been following your work for quite some time and the things that you're posting and the arguments that you make and your intelligence and your lucidity about it all and the other couple of things I want to definitely make sure we discuss in in the time that we have together is the ERA uh, amendment lawsuit also known as the anti parental rights and then the redistricting uh, lawsuit chaos and then the border crisis um, shall we tackle that ERA amendment lawsuit first? Yeah, so that lawsuit, um, I'm bringing with a colleague of mine. We filed the case back in October of last year, and um, we're suing New York State, uh, particularly the legislature, uh, over an amendment that they want to do to the New York State Constitution. Um, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, the New York State Legislature is controlled um, 100% by the Democrats in New York State. So they have a, a super majority. Uh, and by the way, I'm I'm not Republican for anybody that's wondering. Um, they they have a super majority in the state Senate, a super majority in the state assembly. So they completely control the show. Um, and they are planning to put on the ballot in November uh, this this ERA, an amendment to the Constitution, which would change the language um, and and talk about um, expanding. They they call it the Equal Rights Amendment or something like this. You know, they claim they're expanding the rights. Uh, you know, equality for everybody. Um, but they didn't follow the process properly. Now that might surprise some people, but it does not surprise New Yorkers <laughs> who are paying attention. Um, so they just decided they were going to skip a step. Uh, but our Constitution is very clear. It says how you amend the Constitution if you want to change it. And the New York State Legislature cannot skip a step. They have to follow the steps as laid out in the Constitution. Otherwise, it's not a valid amendment. So um, we are in litigation, active litigation on that case right now. Um, they just, you know, responded to our, our initial lawsuit. Uh, so we're going back and forth right now in the courts um, but it's just another example of the the attitude of the politicians today. Uh, and again, not just in New York, we see this in other states and we see this certainly at the federal government with Biden. Mm. It's a catch me if you can attitude. And I wrote an article that uh, became very popular a year or two ago called Catch Me If You Can. 
um, and it was uh, published by the Brownstone Institute, where where I am a, a fellow. Um, and then the Epoch Times picked it up. It was published in the Epoch Times. So, um, and then lots of other you know news outlets picked it up from there. But um, catch me if you can. The attitude that the government today says, well, you know what? I'm going to do this. I know I can't do it, or I probably know I can't do it because I don't have the power to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then catch me if you can. Bring a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. See what the judge says. If they stop me, all right, well, maybe I'll stop doing it. But if they don't stop me, I'm going to take this brand new power that I just gave myself, and I'm going to keep going. Right? So What it does is makes, again, as so many times in my life, it makes thrilling and living and real what the founders wrote about, what they warned us about. Everyone in America and all around the world, if you want a better government, ought to read not only our Constitution and our Bill of Rights and all the amendments, but the Federalist Papers, because this is exactly what the founding generation wrote into the public, wrote in the newspapers, published in their pamphlets, wrote to each other in letters, debated as they were creating um, the the forms of our government, because they knew this is the nature of humanity. This is the nature of those who are entrusted with necessary power. It does and can corrupt a percentage of humanity to try to get away with, catch me if you can, type of things. I'm curious about the content of this amendment because it alludes to parental rights, and I'm well aware of too many uh ways and means and places where parents are being cut out and blocked from knowing what's being done to my kids. So what's the what are what's the content of that amendment just out of curiosity? Yeah, it's it's a Trojan horse. So it would allow bills to be passed into law that would abolish parental rights. You know, I, I do want to give an example of um a bill that is in the New York State legislature right now that is um an a, a horrendous bill. People need to start paying attention to what's going on in their state legislatures before something passes into law, because before it passes into law, you have a better chance of shutting it down and stopping it. Once it becomes law, it's much more difficult to get rid of it because you have to bring a lawsuit, but you, you don't always have standing to bring a lawsuit and you don't always have a cause of action to bring a lawsuit. So it's very important people pay attention to what's going on in the pipeline of their legislatures, whether it's state level or Congress at the federal level. Um, but there is a bill right now in the New York state legislature, identical bill in both houses um, that the Democrats want to push and make into law, which would allow minor children of any age to make their own medical decisions. And that means they could do anything. I mean, it could be a dental medical decision, or it could be yeah, oh, I feel like changing my gender today. So I'm going to start getting, you know, hormone blockers um, or, you or know, accepting or accepting the vaccine that day at lunch hour in school, some vaccine, any, any vaccine, right? You can yeah. get the, you can do what you want as a child with your body, with your health, your parents don't get to know. It is an abomination of parental yeah. rights. It is yeah. the revocation of parental rights, because that means your 10 year old could just walk into a medical facility or a hospital or a doctor's office or whatever, and have anything done that they want. 
I mean, and I want to, I want to right now, Bobby Ann, read this other paragraph I queued up about you. Attorney Cox is also a fellow, as you said, at the Brownstone Institute, an organization seeking to rebuild in the wake of assault on our rights and freedoms in the name of COVID-19, the foundation of liberalism as classically understood, including core values of human rights and freedom as non-negotiables for an enlightened society. Their site is brownstone.org. Attorney Cox also serves as the director of Stop New York Corruption, an, or an organization dedicated to educating the public about the redistricting process, working to preserve competitive elections, civil rights, and democracy in the state of New York. And the website is stopnycorruption.com. I did not want to forget because your what we were just talking about just reminded me that you are attacking things on many, many fronts and pushing out all kinds of necessary uh, information and equipping New Yorkers and anyone around the country who wants to see, wow, this is how someone is fighting the good fight in New York and how do I, you know, pick her brain or emulate and imitate um, what, what you were doing. So uh, what is the status of the lawsuit against that equal rights amendment right now? Uh, yeah, we're in the trial court. We're still at the trial court level. So um, this litigation just began in October of, of last year. So um, we will see how that's going to play out. It'll take uh, a couple of months. But um, yeah, you mentioned the the uh, Brownstone Institute. If people are not familiar with the Brownstone Institute, I do recommend you check out their website um, they, I'm one of the authors, uh, that, that they publish often, but, um, they have a really wide breadth of, uh, articles on their website and you can pick by topic, you know, they have policy, they have law, then they have economics, they have health, they, have, you know, so there are all these different divisions, um, pick something, a division that, you know, really appeals to you and just scroll through and check out their articles, um, written by many different authors, um, and from really around the world, it's it's not um, something that's just about New York. In fact, Brownstone is not even based in New York. Um, so I do encourage people to check out brownstone.com. Uh, and it is really uh, a dot org. I believe it's dot org. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say dot yeah. com? <laughs> it's dot org. Dot com. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God, right, right. Um, so yeah, and the Brownstone Institute, um, is, is a, a nonprofit organization. Um, yeah. and then you mentioned, um, stop and why corruption. So, um, that is an organization that I'm working with, um, the spokeswoman there. And, um, as you mentioned, it is about raising awareness about what is going on in New York right now with our congressional map. Um, we had Bobby Ann, if I might, if I might, I want to take us to a little break and come right back to uh, dig a little deeper into stopnycorruption.com. This is important information coming up now from today's news talk, TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, when Karine Jean Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go. What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected, 
wants to be able to wants want women to be able to make those deeply deeply personal decisions on their bodies on their own not politicians that's what majority of americans want to see and so the president's going to stand with majority of americans on this issue Unborn babies have any rights then? I'm not going to get into that specific. I'm not going to get into that question. Rights for unborn babies? What are you, mad? <laughs> but let's take a look at how Americans really feel about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup, May of last year. Only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%. A majority, 64%, say limited circumstances or not at all. And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Karine Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Attorney Bobby Ann Cox is the director of Stop New York Corruption, StopNYCorruption.com. And there is uh, a a big uh, redistricting uh, crisis, chaos. How would you uh, describe what's going on there and what Stop NY Corruption uh, and what you're working on? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's been two years that this has been going on in New York State. Um, our New York State Constitution requires that after a census, which is every ten years, and the last one was in twenty twenty, um, that we do a redistricting because you know people move, people leave New York State, they go from one part of the state to the other, they pass away, they you know somebody becomes now uh, voter eligible. You know, there are all these different things that go into figuring out. Um, what representation you get in the United States House of Representatives, uh, Congress. So basically, every 10 years after the census, we redistrict. Um, but you are supposed to only redistrict once after that census. And then those those maps are supposed to stay for that 10-year period. Um, but there was a big issue um, in 2021 when they were working on doing that new the new maps for the for congressional maps in New York State, and um, the Independent Redistricting Commission, uh, which is the body uh, that is supposed to actually do the redistricting, um, could not agree. It's it's made up of um, ten members: five are Democrat, five are Republican, and they couldn't agree on a congressional map. So the legislature stepped in 
and illegally um, gerrymandered the maps uh, to favor the Democrat Party because they are in charge in New York State. Um, so they were sued and they lost. And the map uh, was had to be redrawn because it was so bad. It was so gerrymandered. Um, and then after that, you know, it was drawn by a court appointed special master. So somebody that was not a Democrat, not a Republican from New York, somebody actually from Pennsylvania um, was appointed to draw the maps. Um, and so in 2022, we had these new maps and um, we had elections and we saw um, five seats flip in New York State from what traditionally was Democrat now became Republican seats. Um, so that was a problem for the Democrats. And so then last year they sued um, and they weren't challenging the map that was drawn by the special master. They actually said that map was fine. It was not gerrymandered. There was nothing unfair about the map. They just didn't like the fact that the uh, special master drew it instead of the, in the IRC, the commission. Um, so we went through a whole nother lawsuit and um, I was not the attorney on that case. Um, I was just doing work to raise awareness about the case. Um, and so the court has finally now said that um, the map has to go back to the IRC, back to the commission and get redrawn again. So, um, you know, hey, look, you're going to redraw the map. You should just, the IRC should just readopt the map that was drawn in 2022. Nobody challenged that, that it was unfair. Nobody challenged and said it was gerrymandered. It's a fair map drawn by somebody who's not even a New Yorker. Mm. Um, they should just readopt that map and it would avoid mm. a lot of chaos and confusion because we have uh, primaries that are supposed to be coming up here in New York State uh, and we have petitioning that has to happen before the primaries can happen. Um, and all of that takes time. So we don't have time to fight it out in court again. We don't have time to go through a whole nother lawsuit over this. And New Yorkers right. are tired of the confusion and yeah. tired of not knowing what district they're going to be living in and who their representative is going to be. So, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. really it's ongoing saga with, with we, this congressional districting. Yeah. And the IRC, did you say that that's in the hands of the Democrats? No, no. The IRC is actually five Democrats, five That's Republicans. It. So okay, so it would right. So it it should be wow. One uh, one praise for uh, you know sanity and rationality to reign there. Now, of course, in the context of it affecting as it will, how could it block or affect or impact adversely New York's primary this year? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to go through this process now and you're going to change the maps, if the IRC is going to actually change the maps and they change it maybe too much that it's gerrymandered and it becomes very mm -hmm. obvious that they're doing it to favor one political mm -hmm. party over another, that is going to cause, it's going to trigger a lawsuit, right? right? Okay. So, Which yeah. is, which is yeah. what happened last year or two years ago. So, right. you know, yeah. We just we we love to see some some uh, logic and some um, great negotiation skills here, where both yeah. both sides of the aisle, right? Because the IRC, yeah. the commission, is fifty percent Democrat, fifty percent Republican, just come together and say, you know what, the maps that were drawn two years ago uh, were drawn by someone yeah. who is impartial, court court appointed. 
yeah. wasn't even a New Yorker. And yeah, um, yeah. there were very fair elections that happened back in 2022. So I'm wow. hoping and I'm I'm encouraging the IRC yeah. to um, readopt that same map because there was nothing wrong with that map. Nobody challenged well, it. Fairness. Now, now to talk about something that has a lot wrong with it, I'll read a title of a couple of your Substack essays, Attorney Bobby Ann Cox. Our country is on life support from January 21st. You know, it's your recap of a handful of huge problems facing the country, including the border crisis on January 28th. You published Fault Lines Across the Nation, Texas versus Biden, Border Standoff Explained. And then hopefully this time we've got about ooh, seven or eight minutes here. Please tell me your, you know, what you most want to bring out about the border crisis, please. Yeah, so Americans need to wake up to what is going on at, at our southern border. Now, under Biden, we have had an influx of illegal immigrants into this country to the tune of somewhere between six and nine million. That That is the number that they are estimating right now. Um, it's hard for them to give an exact number because lots of people, they call them gotaways. Lots of people cross over the border and then just disappear into our country. So they're never apprehended at all by the Border Patrol or, or any agents or law enforcement. Um, so the number is a little bit hard to tell, but of those who are being apprehended, um, Biden's policy is to catch and release. So you catch them, but then you just let them go. And actually what's going on, if you Watch not the mainstream media, although Fox News is covering this and, and Newsmax is covering this. Um, the other outlets are really not for the most part. But um, if you look at even just videos of what's going on down there at the border, um, there are some documentaries that have been made about what's going on at the border. You'll see that that the Biden administration is authorizing. They just scoop these people up. Hey, come on in. Welcome to the country. Put them on a bus or put them on an airplane and ship them wherever they want to go across our nation. And they don't have valid IDs. If you follow the, the National Border Patrol Council is basically the, the union for Border Patrol members and Border Patrol agents. And, and that organization has been very vocal about what is going on at the border. The Border Patrol agents are being prohibited from actually doing their duties. They are not allowed to enforce the immigration laws that we have in this country. They're being told to basically act as a welcoming mat, you know, a welcoming service to these people that are entering our country and they don't have valid identification. So we don't know who's coming into our country. There are no health checks being done is what I'm understanding. So we don't know if they're carrying diseases. We don't know if they have criminal history. We don't know if they have a rap sheet longer than my arm and they're coming to this country or did they just get out of prison or are they wanted for crimes in their country? Um, you know, and then in 2023 alone, in just one year, 169 people who are on our terrorist watch list were apprehended trying to cross our country through the Southern, enter our country through the Southern border. 
Uh, so, and then when you add up the number that they caught in 2022 and 2021, since Biden, been, Biden has been in office, it's like 300. 300 people on our terrorist watch list? These are not people that want to do us well, right? They do not want to come into our country and assimilate nicely into our society. No. And were they caught and were they were they were they caught and released? I don't know if they were caught and released. The statistics are that they were caught, you know, they they right. apprehended them at the border. Um right. the 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 issue is that how many people and they don't have to just be on our terrorist watch list how many people that have ill intentions towards right. our country towards americans are coming across the border because they're not vetting these people so right. we or don't that know are, or that are not caught how many terrorists came in that just that not they came in under the radar they weren't caught exactly it's it's horrendous and so our national safety is is at stake here and you cannot bring in millions of people that you don't know who they are. You don't know if they have diseases. You are throwing these people into our country and then you're exposing Americans to not just whatever diseases these people might have, but you're exposing Americans to possible crime. You're exposing Americans to, to possible uh, you know, violence on the streets. We just saw two days ago here in New York City, I don't know if you saw that horrendous yeah. video of a, a bunch of illegal immigrants that were beating up police officers and it was caught yeah. on video. And, you know, Alvin Bragg, who's the district attorney in New York City, let them go. I mean, they were arrested, but then they were and they just let them go. No bail. And I was I, I was told the two cops were put in the hospital. What do you hear about them? I don't know the status of those police officers. Um, mm. I hope, I pray that they are okay. But the right. point of this story is that yeah. people need to wake up and understand that this is not okay. This is not about compassion. This is about, they wanna bring all these people in, I'm sure for a hundred different reasons, but one of the reasons is they wanna give them the right to vote. Because once you have a dependent society, well, who do you think they're going to keep voting for? The people that are making them dependent. It's like this vicious circle. And yeah. here in New York, in New York City, you know, point in case, um, the New York City Council, which is supermajority Democrat, um, passed a local law, so an ordinance in New York City, the end of 2021, giving non-citizens the right to vote. Yeah. It was challenged in court. They got sued. And the judge struck it down and said, nope, this is unconstitutional. Non-citizens cannot vote in our elections, which is very clear in our constitution. Um, and do you know that Mayor Adams in New York City is appealing that decision? Why that. are you using tax dollars to appeal that decision? That should tell everybody everything they need to know about this. Yeah. And when you, we see my golly, not only what happened, what's been happening in Europe since the influx of refugees after the war on terror for the last 15 years or more, but any examination of history just shows that it's ripe for chaos. Chaos on the streets then justifies the imposition of harsh and abusive and unconstitutional, violent uh, law enforcement crackdowns, which is the path of many, if not most, dictatorial totalitarian regimes attorney bobby ann cox followable at attorney cox 
www.substack in our dwindling 20, 30 seconds, Bobby. And what final words, what should people do? Go to Cox Lawyers to support you. I'm using up your final time. What are your final thoughts? Yeah, they can go to coxlawyers.com. They can follow me on Twitter, attorney underscore Cox, that's spelled C-O-X, um, or go to my Substack, which is attorneycox.substack.com. Bobby, and thank you so much for your time and for your hard work. I'm going to stay in touch with you. I'm going to invite you back on. And this is the awesome Today's News Talk, TNT.